Hey, thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast. It is August 26, 2020, Wednesday. Everything back. It's the status quo, baby. Your host this week, myself, Lee, and Reed is returned after yeah. two weeks away. One week away, and then one week away because of me. Yeah. Uh, Andrew and Nick graciously sat in on a news-filled episode. Last oh, really? Week. We, we talked all about it. Um, so I won't bother you uh, with a lot of the stuff. Like We won't recover a lot of it, but uh, let's start with what we've been playing. You had a week off, and of course you finished Ghost of Tsushima Platinum. You're waiting for <laughs> no, I fucking didn't. Up Why not? Because uh, like I just don't want to play it at all. But you're, but you're, you're. So that's like your control. So control the game control. I stopped playing that game in the last two hours of that game. Right. And now going back to it, but that's because the game is difficult. Like I've lost my mojo. No, and you just need Ghost to of finish Ghost not, of Shima. It's not difficult or anything. It's yeah. just I don't feel like you just don't have any honor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, every, like I tried, I tried being during my holidays. I put it in and I started playing for like half an hour. I did like one mission. I was like, that was so fucking boring. Like I don't want. There's do that. one bad mission you still have to do. Uh, that's a stealth mission where you have to sneak into uh, your uncle's like compound and put a letter like in his thing that you you cannot raise an alarm. Like you have to actually sneak mm. all the way through. It wasn't that hard though, like like the rest of the game. Yeah, just I just um, don't feel like I'll beat it one day. I just have no drive. Would you uh, Would you play instead then? Uh, basically just fucking Overwatch. If oh I'm being God. honest, fucking Overwatch. Yeah, I tried playing more Trails of Cold Steel two last time I was on the podcast. Yeah, I talked about that. Um, I figured out what's wrong with that game. Oh yeah, so here like, it is. <laughs> but, no, yeah, I was, I was, yeah, no. So like, I've done the first section, and the whole point in the story in this game, at this point, anyways, you have to find all your classmates that are scattered around the world. Of course. And then I realized, I'm like, wait a minute, all these characters fucking suck. Oh. I don't like any of these guys. I know. They're all far too agreeable. With, uh, they might have one flaw, and that flaw isn't even a flaw. It's like I'm clumsy, like big fucking deal. So we're talking like the Final Fantasy VIII school of supporting characters. No, but, like, Zell has problems, and Sophie's a fucking idiot. Yeah, like the fucking like cafeteria is always they, out of hot dogs. They have some form of character. Like, this one guy I wrote up named Gaius in Trails of Cold Steel 2, I'm like, I forgot about him, because he doesn't have a personality. His personality is that he's a really nice guy. And everybody <laughs> comments on how, of a, how much of a nice guy Gaius is. That's it. Are you So, have you, you've played 3? Like, you've played Cold Steel 3? No, I've only oh, beaten shit. Trails of Cold Steel 1, but I'm playing through 2, and I'm just like, fuck, man, all these characters really suck. Well, it's like, with the, how many characters are in the game? Like, a main, main cast, uh, yeah. 8. Okay, see, like, and, that's but, but too many. Like, but they're all the same, too. The only yeah. character that's different is a character named uh, Fee, and she's a fucking lolly, which is like a... You don't have to explain on this podcast. Yeah, so she's like a lolly, and she has a very, uh, very like neutral. Although I'm very curious where that sentence has gone. Yeah, very... lolly, which is like a no, you like know. a little girl. Like yeah, a, like uh... yeah, you know how it is. Um, and she's the only one that people Ask like the... because she's the only one with the personality, and her personality is I'm very uh, cold to everything, and that's it. Oh, okay. And like that's it. Everybody, Give me the cold lolly. Everybody or... else is just a very polite young person with. N- very little flaws, if any, and that's it. And I was like, fuck this, this game. Is, you know, like the Final Fantasy Type Zero thing, where it's just like, here's the characters. Yeah. It, it, basically, what beyond characters? Aesthetic, yeah, but beyond aesthetics, there, there's, there's really, there. yeah, there's not a lot of development. There's nothing there. So, yeah. yeah, it was that fucking problem. And I put this game down, like, all the supplies, the sides. I thought you had, had beaten that game before. I thought Trails you said so, you were going Trails of Cold Steel 1. I oh, okay. So, not, 2, you were playing for the first time. 2, I'm okay. playing for the first time. But it's just like, all the side characters are more interesting. 
how does this make you feel about playing through three and four? Are you, is it done? Are you off the you're off the wagon? If I hear <laughs> that, if I hear everybody say that three and four is much better and the characters get better and stuff like that, I'll I'll absolutely dive into it. But like everything I'm finding online too, the consensus is that the Trails of Sky is series it, is much better. Uh, are JRPGs getting worse? No, no. In general? No. Uh, you can't even say that with a game like... Siri just piped up when I said that. You can't even say that with, <laughs> you can't even say that with a game like like Persona 5, for example. Right. The, sure. the, there are going to be exceptions, yeah, the sure. The story right. and characters are subjective yeah. in that case, but you can't deny it's very well written. I, and more, they improved the game from Persona more, 4 in every single aspect. Let's say I'm more talking about the mid-range JRPG. So, yes, there are the Persona 5s, the... Final Fantasy. Esteemed, yeah, sure. Esteemed. But even then, with Final Fantasy, it's just like, here's a very expensive JRPG, but something like 15 fails on XYZ. Yeah, but uh, if you're just talking about middle of the road... Let's, let's talk about, like, the last generation of consoles where you had games like Infinite Undiscovery and, like, right, and this is Last a gen- Remnant. Right, and, and this is a generation yeah. of JRPGs I just didn't really play. Yeah. Because, like, like, Infinite Undiscovery, I finished. Like, that held my attention enough... That I went through that game, but it's like it's it's basically Star Ocean esque before Star Ocean got what it got in this. Right, and that's kind of what I'm talking about. Is that mid range of RPGs? There's, yeah, and there's that big generation after PS2 until yeah. like like fairly recently, I guess, like mostly PS4. I didn't play any JRPGs, um, mostly because an Xbox 360, no other console, and yeah. there wasn't a lot of choice. Uh, and secondly, it's just that it all blends together in my head. Like it all seems like a very vast ocean of six out of tens. Mm-hmm. Like you got like your Star Oceans, your Tales of, your fucking ateliers, ateliers, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, all right, like they all seem like they're fine, but you don't hear anything Mega special dimensions. about them, so why would I play them? Well, like that's just it, because like I used to try those games out, because you used to find a di- diamond in the rough. You're like, oh, here's like a six out of ten that hits all the it hits my checklist, and I'll play through this, because you know it's only going to be 20, 30 hours long, and just fucking blow through it, yeah. Uh, but I feel like there there are less of those now, or or you're all in on that that game, and they just seem like the Atelier games. There's like two a year, like yeah. But you, it's like the thing about JRPGs, and it's not like a Western RPG. And a Western RPG can survive solely on its mechanics and uh, right. its, its gameplay loop, like a Fallout, Skyrim, uh, Divinity Original Sin, all these different ones. Those ones can survive based purely on the character building, the stats, the gameplay mechanics. JRPGs rely way more on uh, story and characters, in my opinion. I was going to say fan service. Right, because, like, (laughs) well, yeah, but, like, let's take a Final Fantasy IX for a second. Take out the characters in the story. What do you have? A very run-of-the-mill, very slow battle system that isn't exciting. The same could be said about Persona to an extent, but then the the Persona aspect of it... Yeah, everything lifts it up. The characters, the style, the story, the emotional investment really boosts things up. Right, and then, like, yeah, this won't turn into a Persona 5 love fest, but the idea is just, like, I need to upgrade my weapons. There's a whole side quest you can do and a relationship you can build with the guy who sells you your guns, for yeah, example. Yeah, or if some uh, mechanic that annoys you, like, man, I wish I could restore SP more, well, then you can build a relationship with this nurse down the street and she has accessories yeah. that she can sell you. And, like, that yeah, stuff. She's got more great. than that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you've been so, playing Overwatch and Cold Steel 2 yeah, for well, a week. I gave up Cold Steel 2. To play more Overwatch. Just to play Overwatch with my girlfriend, basically. Have they? Uh, so there's an o- Overwatch two was announced, uh, and and it's kind of an- ambiguous as to what that means for Overwatch one. What from uh, what I gather, what they're doing with Overwatch two is this. If you okay. o- you buy <laughs> Overwatch two, yeah, you're gonna get 
the content that's not free. Uh, and by free, I mean the free upgrade, okay? Okay. So basically, if you own Overwatch 1, you get a free multiplayer upgrade to Overwatch okay. 2. To but play. you don't get the new characters. But you don't no, no, no. Yeah. You get the new characters. It's just you won't be able to play like the story mode they're releasing, no, like, the, like the horde mode they're releasing, and those extra modes. You'll simply okay. be able to just play the upgrade in multiplayer. Now, to be fair... They don't owe the current players Overwatch that no, at all. That's could, actually kind of neat. But yeah. the, but their thought process is that if ninety eight percent of the roster is returning characters with the same kits, yeah. like we can't we can't like people get really pissed at us, justifiably so, if we were like pay us another eighty dollars. But this, so does that mean you're gonna fire up Overwatch one when Overwatch two is out and it fires up as Overwatch two with a bunch of locked features gonna, until you pay it? Yeah, it's gonna be like Destiny buying Destiny versus free Destiny. So you know what's fucked up about this? Is this is Blizzard? This is Activision. This is exactly what people have wanted out of sports games since the dawn of sports games and the internet. Is that why am I paying seventy nine ninety nine? I've got the previous game. Right. Give me that forty. Either let me buy the update. full game, yeah. or let me pay half of it and upgrade. Yeah, I have everything I have in my previous game plus a yeah. Yeah, um, so that's basically, from my understanding, what they're doing with Overwatch okay. 2. Yeah. And Overwatch 2, just, you're just having a good time. Just not much. It's uh, not what, out what yet. No, I mean, Overwatch 1. You, you're just having a good time. Yeah, no, uh, uh, my girlfriend's far more into it than I am. I've yeah. played Overwatch on and off since it basically came out, but it's one of those games that I'll play for like a month, and I'll be like, all right, that's good for another six months. And yeah. I'll pick it up again six months. So you haven't time. been playing Call of Duty? Uh, I've been playing a little bit, not... What's your uh, what's your hot take on Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War? Um, well, I've always and I've always been very vocal about this since COD Four. I hate the Treyarch COD games. I don't give sure. a fuck if people think Black Ops Two is the best shooting mechanics wise. I don't give a fuck about that. Their games are all cheesy. <laughs> they're they're Michael Bay video games. They're every game seems to have some Asian fella named Ghost and some fucking dude with a mohawk from Brooklyn named Tank. And, like, the most cheesy, stupid... Like, when when Black Ops 1 came out and I heard it was a fucking uh, Vietnam game, I'm like, oh, here we go. We're going to have a guy in a bandana with no sleeves who goes fucking crazy. And guess <laughs> what, Lee? We get a guy in ba- with a bandana and no sleeves going crazy. So this one's like a... This one's not just... Uh, not just Treyarch. This is, like, two different studios, right? Because they, they leapfrogged. This was supposed to be coming out in another year from now. So the idea is that Call of Duty Warzone... Uh, will be a launchable thing from either Modern Warfare or this. Yeah. Uh, there was a leak yesterday uh, that came out that suggests that this is a direct sequel to the first Black Ops. It does not have anything to do with Black Ops 2 through 4 in terms of a story. But then how does that work with Warzone when Warzone has all these guns from 2020? Uh, well, Warzone's just Warzone. Warzone's always just going to be Warzone. But then there'll be Black Ops Cold War. Because like when you play Warzone, are you just playing Warzone or are you also jumping into Modern Warfare as well? I can instantly flip you can but warzone is the free to play so yeah. i don't own modern warfare right, but, but i all, can play Warzone. right but all the guns yeah. in warzone are all the same guns and perks oh. and equipment that you get in multiplayer i just assume the cold war stuff gets put into warzone and you just have all of it in a gangbang or there'll be different maps so but me- that doesn't make sense when they're four decades so, apart the attachments the the right. gu- looks what, of the guns what also doesn't make sense is uh basing a call of duty in a war where no bullets were shot yes uh so we talked about with that with, with nick and, and andrew nick of course plays call of duty quite a bit uh, we kind of thought like, oh, it would be more more objective based, more espionage, more like you have specific objectives. Uh, you're the Russians. Find and destroy the Americans that are sneaking in, and there'll be uh, skills and espionage stuff where you you can properly stealth. And then when it becomes a firefight, it does. Uh, but in terms of like a, like the campaign, whatever, like 
tell your story. Um, no, I just aesthetically, I'm not sure how it translates to a 40 year period. If unless yeah. unless they when the new game comes out, they completely wipe. It's not. It's not 40 years anymore. Reed, 1960 was 80 years ago. Whatever. <laughs> but you get my point. Um, no, sorry. 60 like, years unless ago. unless when, six, six, unless when this new Black ago. Ops comes out yeah. and they just go, all right. All the guns from Modern Warfare that were in Warzone are yeah. now replaced by these new guns. I don't think that'll be the case. I think if they do do that, one, a lot of people are going to be fucking pissed. Because yeah. a lot of people put in work to get like the special camos, all the attachments and shit. Um, but if they don't do it, it just doesn't make sense. Cave yeah, game. well, obviously, the, okay, <laughs> they'll be, uh, the, I think it'll just be kind of gangbang together or there'll be new modes in Warzone. I hate I, that. I hate that. It's like, let's put World War Two and, like, the Gulf War together. Like, it just doesn't fucking make sense. Well, you just keep using your modern weapons and blowing the shit out of guys using Garands and stuff like that. And, and so Yeah, I don't want to use an M1 Grand when this dude's <laughs> shooting me with a fucking M13. <laughs> hey, listen. Bring the MP40 back. It's great. Uh, okay, so... That's uh, there's a reveal today. They're going to be showing some some gameplay and stuff from that. So if you are interested in Call of Duty, a Call of Duty fan, as it were, uh, check that out. We also talked about the PS5 commercial that came out. That of course uh, doesn't say anything about the price uh, <laughs> or launch date. Uh, but there was a cool blog on the PlayStation website talking about developers and uh, what they can do with the haptic feedback of the controller. We won't go much into it here because we did talk about it last week. But ideas of locking the con- the trigger on the controller if your gun jams and say Death Loop. Uh, or haptic feedback to if you're playing Spider-Man or a game and you're getting shot from a direction or hit from a direction, the where the camera is situated, the controller will rumble in that direction specifically. Mm. Now, the trigger thing is something that the Xbox One controller kind of already has. They can simulate a gun running out of ammo by lessening the rumble as you fire. This is something that games like from the start of the generation had, and then it was kind of just an optional thing to use. Uh, and in terms of... Hey, that cool rumble feature the Xbox One has versus the touchpad that the PlayStation has. I'll take that rumble feature because it's it's neat uh, having haptic feedback. So we're we're all pretty excited for uh, for that controller, regardless of aesthetic look. Mm-hmm. Uh, a new Switch model with better graphics is supposedly ca- with better graphics. Oh, did the, the, tighten them graphics up? The new Switch DX Lite. Uh, it's coming in 2021. Supposedly, uh, people are Bloomberg's talking about this thing doing 4K resolutions while docked. Uh, not much is known about this. It, it, hey, Nintendo releasing a revision of their console? Who the fuck saw that coming? Right. Even though they've already done it. And exclusives for this one only. I, oh, I bought the Switch thinking this would be the last one. No, <laughs> fucking idiot. They're going to release one after the Switch is dead. They're going to release like the Canadian version like they did with the Wii, where it's just like, doesn't connect to the internet or have GameCube ports. Here you go, Canada. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Have you been following the Apple Epic lawsuit thing? No. It's fucking fascinating. Uh, so this is a continuing story here. Uh, of course, Epic Games um, called out Apple, tried to weaponize their own user base, uh, being like, hey, we're going to discount V-Bucks on our own website because we don't like that Apple takes a 30% cut, even though that's kind of like an industry standard. They're talking about Apple as like a, a walled garden and that the Apple App Store is the only... The, Apple controls it. You can't sell something on your game outside of the Apple Store. That's a problem. Uh, Apple's response was to like take the Unreal Engine and weird shit away from Epic's Epic Games. Uh, delist Fortnite. You can't download Fortnite on an iPhone right now. People are selling iPhones with Fortnite installed for thousands of dollars. I don't know why that happens. It's just like I got PT on this PlayStation. Now it's worth two thousand dollars, and some fucking idiot pays it. Um, so this has now gone to court. Uh, Fortnite has is doing a Marvel event right now. 
and all of this seems uh, orchestrated. Like this is an attack on Apple. Like they're like, we're, we we have our shit lined up. We're gonna do this thing that Apple will have to retaliate for, and we have a lawsuit in the wings ready to go. It's it's fucking crazy. So uh, that has started. You can look up some of the uh, proceedings online from people who are are in the courtroom. Uh, the judge they have assigned to this doesn't seem like a fucking idiot. She seems like. She understands how digital marketplaces work and what is actually at stake here and what's going on. And that goes on. Epic is trying to take down Apple. What you have here is a bunch of billionaires in a slap fight. And uh, <laughs> I'm sitting here with, with popcorn just, just taking it all in. Uh, the DC Fandome. Not to be confused with the WWE Thunderdome, where you can uh, catch all the latest executions. Um, but the DC Fandome revealed two uh, bigger video games in uh, Gotham Knights. Which is the, the new Batman game from WB Games Montreal who made uh, the Origins, Batman Arkham Origins game. Uh, and then Rocksteady revealed what they've been working on for a long time. People were like, is it a Superman game? Is it a Suicide Squad game? Turns out it's both. It's a Suicide Squad game where you are uh, your objective is to kill the Justice League. Uh, Rocksteady doesn't really like WB Games Montreal's Batman games. It went so far as to say they are not canon with uh, Suicide Squad and the Arkham games, which is fucking just so petty. Like, there's no reason that Batman uh, Arkham Origins can't be canon with those other games. It doesn't even affect beca anything. But because they didn't make it, they, like, fucking hate the shit out of it or something. Uh, and then, of course, Gotham Knights... Uh, Bat we invented Batman! Batman is ours! <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be the first time that someone took credit away from the creator of Batman. Uh, so, Gotham Knights, you play as Red Hood, Batgirl, Robin, and uh, Nightwing... Nightwing. Uh, yeah, familiar beat em up uh, combat, two player co op or solo play if you prefer. Co op's cool, that's a cool idea, I guess. Uh, and uh, we, we saw Mr. Freeze and stuff in the trailer. Batman is supposedly dead, uh, and he has activated the Nightfall Protocol, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, and then the tease of the Court of Owls at the end, which comic book fans have been touting as a thing they know that people who watch Batman movies don't know. It's like the, the complex hey, hey. superiority complex. <laughs> Actually, I read Batman. And uh, there's know. this Court of Owls. and uh, So Court of Owls was teased... So they in, appeared in the new 56. In Arkham Origins, there is a tower in the game that has the owl symbol on it. And since then, people have been like, oh my god, it's gonna happen. Uh, and it looks people like... people even like the Court of Owls? They're cool. Like, the only thing I know about them, because I started to read the new 52... Yeah. Uh, for Batman, but comics are fucking impossible to keep track of, so I gave up right away. Yeah. But all I know is I saw the Coralis Valor briefly, and I was like, yeah, this is alright. It was alright. Uh, Batman, you know, came very close to madness. Uh, the idea of, like, an Illuminati in Gotham uh, that's been operating the entire time Batman has existed and before, uh, you know, like, in the time of his father is interesting. Uh, and then they really put, they, they you know, put, put Batman to the test. Uh, but having, you know, I'm going to be honest here. I don't think Batman's dead. I, think, uh, I don't the think Court Batman's of, dead either. I think uh, the Court of Owls has him, and you will... Oh, you know what's going to happen, Lee. What's that? Like, you walk into Big Arena, you get the announcer, and he's like, ladies and gentlemen, we got a big fight tonight. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> we got Nightwing, and Nightwing's like, who am I fighting? And then the big gate opens, and it's mind-controlled Batman. <laughs> Not mind-controlled Batman. <laughs> and he's going to be like, Bruce, snap out of I it. I can't fight you, Bruce. And he's uh, like, I've never been able to beat Bruce, especially when he's serious. Yeah. And then you have to, like, development, you know, character development. Like. Well, it, that character development doesn't work because uh, it's not a, it's not an Arkhamverse game. So Suicide Squad, it uh, looks like you have Harley Quinn, you have King Shark, you have Deadshot, 
And Captain Boomerang as playable characters. Fuck Captain Boomerang. Fuck Jai Courtney. <laughs> and, uh, and, and the hack part of this story or this idea is that it's evil Superman. Like, it just can't be the Justice League. It has to be oh, evil Justice that's League. that's way less cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it is. But, wh- but, why, but why otherwise would the government tell the Suicide Squad to... Who gives a fuck? How about how about it's Lex Luger? Luther. Luther. Lex No, how about it's Lex, Lex Luger? Luger. Ow! Um, Ow! How about it's Lex Luther going up to the uh, going up to the suicide squad and be like, I'll pay you a billion dollars to kill like Yeah, but the Suicide Squad it. The Suicide Squad isn't an independent entity. They have bombs in their necks that Amanda Waller can blow that's, up. Who cares? Uh, Who cares how we get there, Lee? What I'm saying is, is that killing actual Batman Superman would be way more interesting fun than killing evil Batman and Superman. Uh, right. Like, <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah, I'm right, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a difference... Here's the thing. There's a difference between hunting Superman, who, and will, hunting, not kill, who will not kill you, yeah. and evil Superman, who, who will, will kill, kill you. you. Uh, because it'd be more like a comedy video game if you're trying to kill. It'd be like you're. you're it'd be like your Wiley Coyote trying yeah. to kill the Roadrunner. That's right. You're painting, that sounds like a. Fun, you're painting a road on the side of. Yeah, the that sounds like a fun video game. <laughs> Did you watch that trailer for the uh, Suicide Squad movie? I saw like the character reveal thing. I'm like, there's like 80 fucking guys it's here, fucking and nuts. they and they all use guns. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised if at some point King Shark pulls out a harpoon gun, like. But they got the right guy for the job. Like, James Gunn took the fucking Guardians of the Galaxy who, you know, like, what? Who cares? When they announced that, it was just like, well, are we really scraping the bottom of the barrel now? And then it ended up being one of the fucking best movies in the whole goddamn thing. Uh, Fall Guys, which is free uh, until the end of the month. You have a few days left. Go download it on PlayStation Plus. Is the most downloaded game in PS Plus history. I believe uh, something like Rocket League may have held that previously. Uh, what's interesting about this is this is not a free to play game, so it's free right now to download with PSN Plus, but it's gonna they're gonna charge money for it. Yep. Uh, and then a season pass on top of that, which doesn't make sense for the type of game it is. It's a sixty player concurrent thing, and uh, and you think you just want as many people as possible in there buying cosmetics and and the and the season passes and stuff. But whatever, I digress. Uh, if you want to try out Street Fighter Five, or uh, PUBG, that's gonna be September's PlayStation Plus games. And a new Witcher game was announced this morning. What? The Witcher Monster Slayer is an augmented reality game for mobile devices. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Why would you do that to me, Lee? Why would you not open with a mobile Witcher game was announced? Well, I, that's what I said immediately you after. son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, so it looks like a... It's Pokemon Go, but instead of collecting Pokemon, uh, you're collecting monsters. Okay, sure. You're like a dude. Uh, and then you, 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 I don't know if you are a Witcher in the game. In the context of the game, maybe you... I don't know. You should check it out. Let us know. <laughs> Report back. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. La, la, la. Uh, uh, Switch. Maybe you've heard of it. Nintendo had a mini direct today uh, and announced a ton of shit. Uh, it, was a, it was a partner direct, so it was like third-party stuff, mostly Square. They're doing a uh, collection of Saga Final Fantasy Legend collection, which is all the Game Boy Final Fantasy Legend games. Depending on who you ask, those games are great. Uh, I think Andrew would be one person you could ask, and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's great. Better than the main. Uh, better than the main Final Fantasy game, definitely for sure. Uh, as a trilogy, perfect. Poyo Poyo Tetris Two, uh, a Kingdom Hearts rhythm game, amongst other things, were announced. Just Dance Twenty Twenty One. Oh shit! All right, 
Like, fuck, is there even that many songs coming out in here that they can keep making? The only way I keep up to date on modern music is through Just Dance. Uh, yeah. I watch the trailer and I'm just like, wow, we've we've almost gotten there. The the current evolutionary, uh, I think, goal of uh, of popular music is just white noise and porno uh, like sounds. I think yeah. that's where we're going. I think eventually you're gonna be like hot new single. You turn up the radio and it's just like shh with like moist kissing noises behind it. All right, before we get to our second part of our discussion on Red Dead Redemption Two, I didn't talk about what I've been playing. So get ready for Lee's indie game roundup. <laughs> uh, I talked last week uh, about Spiritfarer, so I won't uh, I won't bother you with that. Battletoads, I dug a little bit more in. Man, this game is fucking perplexing as hell. So I. Wasn't a huge fan of the original Battletoads. Uh, my biggest exposure to Battletoads was through Double Dragon Battletoads, which is more of a flat-out beat-em-up game. Battletoads in this... in this, So I, I fired up that game the other day, and I had saved right before a boss fight. Beat the boss, no problem. I then went two and a half hours without throwing a punch in oh. a Battletoads game. Oh. It was cutscenes, it was a puzzle platforming section, and it was a space, like, shmup, uh, which is... A little perplexing and then like kind of parodies of games which fucking is done to death at a certain point there was like a a keep talking and no one explodes take where i had to repair the ship and it like gives you a timer and these symbols and you look on the thing and you have to do these like simon says-esque puzzle things and it went on for like 30 fucking minutes there's levels in this there's like a, a sled portion of this game like a like a donkey kong minecart part i got to the end of it it said my completion time was like fucking fifteen minutes, for like a like a like, like a, a side scrolling like cart level. Cart like level. what the fuck's going yeah. on? Uh, so I eventually got back to a part where I was uh, straight up punching guys again, and then I was just like, I've been playing this for too long, and I turned it off. So I, I'm still to finish Battletoads. I'm I am intrigued by its structure. the <laughs> The humor and the cutscenes in the game aren't bad. They're like it, it tempts humor, and I'm like I'm not laughing, but it's also not cringy. Like this is fine. Battletoads. This is fine. I think it's my review. Uh, <laughs> um, Gorogoa, uh, which is a game I downloaded a long time ago. It is a puzzle game uh, where you have four panels of illustrations and you move and zoom on them to get a boy through his adventure, but you're doing it abstractly through uh, cutting and punching holes through these... De- Listen, look it up. It's very hard to explain. <laughs> and then secondhand, uh, I watched my wife play Valhalla... Oh, like, like the limited run games one. Uh, yes, yeah. So that is a. Uh, it's like an adventure. It was a limited run games release. Yeah, it's like it's an also, adventure, like Psychonauts, right? Uh, no, not at all. It is a like uh, visual novel game uh, where the only gameplay really is you mix drinks. You're a bartender. No, that's what I meant. It's yeah. like you said Psychonauts. Am I mixing up? What's the What's the one by Hideo? Kojima? Police knots. Police knots. It's yeah. like police knots, isn't it? Well, like a visual novel game. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Not, uh, Setting wise, like it's a cyberpunk setting or whatever. It's like the, the far future. Uh, so you, you talk to people and get them drunk and uh, learn. And it's a story game. Uh, I think they're making a uh, sequel to that game called Nirvana. And then there is uh, 2064 Read Only Memories, which I believe is set in the same universe. I don't know. I don't know. I, cyberpunk's a really addicting genre to keep going back to because it's all like no cyber, cyberpunk setting is like entirely the same to another. No. Like, there's a strong argument that you could just be like, this blank fantasy setting is just Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like, literally, like, Dungeons and Dragons, just Lord of the Rings, right? Um, Listen, you won't hear me defend uh, cyberpunk as not a fuck-to-death genre, but I'm not sick of it yet, in the oh, way no, I would. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, not at all. Um, um, like, every once in a while, I find myself 
Like, man, I should probably yeah. go back and play Deus Ex again. But, like, near future post-apocalypse, I'm probably done with. In the same way that, like, zombies kind of yeah, yeah. Uh, are the same. It's just like, I'm, I'm good. No, but that's why I am really excited for Cyberpunk 2077. It, I don't even know if we ever got that true Cyberpunk full fucking RPG experience. Not, well, you know, there's Shadowrun. Like, there's that new Shadowrun they put out, and I played quite a bit of that. It's isometric. Like, people could make their own story content and shit like that. And so but that's isometric. I'm yeah, talking Shadowrun about. is also, like, a mix of Lord of the Rings and Cyberpunk in that it's the future of a Spec. high fantasy yeah, world. Yeah, so yeah. there's trolls and dwarves. and Yeah, no, I'm talking, yeah. like, pure Cyberpunk, like, open world, full RPG thing, which should be really fucking cool. It, it seems too good to be true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in some cases. But yeah, <laughs> every, once so, every once in a while, I'm like, man, I yeah. should go back and play Deus Ex again. Yeehaw! Why'd you have to do that? It's time for Red Dead Redemption 2, part 2. I don't know if anybody actually says the yeehaw in Red Dead Redemption They fucking Redemption. should. Come on, come on, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last week, we provided an overview of the game, including a lot of our gripes with the game. We fucking last went... Last week, two Last week. Ago. Last... Oh, fucking relative. Last uh, time. People, last time, baby. Try. Next time, baby. Uh, we went off at length on the, the gameplay mechanics, uh, how slow Antiquated. the game is, the realism versus practicality, immersion before player agency. Uh, we teased talking about the broken honor system, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, restic- restrictive game design. Uh, don't go upstairs until Dutch tells you to go upstairs or the door won't open. Don't put down that body over there. Carry it over here. Now put that body down. Stealth missions where you just basically follow instructions. Uh, stay behind this person or you fail. Um, yeah. So to put to encapsulate it perfectly, I was listening to someone else uh, kind of talk about Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, I, I, I do some research. I'm like, Whoa, what, is the, what are the masses saying about this game now here in retrospect? And I'm listening to a lot of reviews from when the game had just come out. So people had just come off the game, given it a few weeks, written their extensive review. And even then, they have a lot of the same things like we have to say about it. And I think people get a little more salty over time seeing how the online mode for that game kind of developed and seeing how Rockstar has uh, done nothing uh, in in the scope of the, that they used to. We don't have an announcement of a next Rockstar game. They seem content to just keep dripping content into GTA Online. And what what is the future of Rockstar? What are they doing? Uh, the, the heads of the company keep leaving. The people who are behind all these Rockstar games that you love are, are basically retiring, moving on at this point. Uh, will someone take take the reins, pun intended, uh, of that company and, and write it? Get a new engine in there, fix the, the movement, the shooting and stuff like that. Could GTA 6 be like, a, you know, a huge leap? Um, and it seems like the the passion of those early games when you play those early GTA games and stuff like that the the view the scope everything seems coherent and they've just slowly lost that over time in service of just having the most stuff yeah. in there the most writing the most quests the most characters just big the scale just keeps getting bigger and that passion now seems to be faked by brute force like we have so many people working on these games they're they're crunching all this stuff how do we still make this thing seem like it has a soul? Right. It seems like um, they had one guy there who was just like an ideas guy. And he didn't think about anything too thoroughly. He's yeah. like, man, you'll be really cool. Like really authentic horse rides. Really immersed yeah. ca- players in our game and our big world. And on paper, that sounds fine and yeah. good. And people would appreciate it. In the first five hours, yeah, it's and great. P- and people yeah. appreciate it. And we did in the first five hours. But it's not like he went... Oh, you know what? That would get really annoying 80 hours in yeah. when you just don't want to fucking mash X Hey, anymore. listen. A blowjob's great for the first two hours. Yeah. But 
40 hours in, like, I got to go to work. Yeah, like, I got to eat like, something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's a, that's a great analogy. Yeah, in, you know, in a way, uh, but that's that's kind of where I'm at with that game. Is just like, man, look at how how beautiful this is. Look at all these systems working together. But at the end of the day, it seems like uh, here I'm playing something that 150 people worked on, and then eventually it got handed off to a different 150 right. people. It's like how many? And, pe- it's like yeah. did like did Scorsese go into Taxi Driver trying to make like a good movie about a mentally uh, ill person and violence and stuff or did he go into it being like I want to make an Oscar movie no he went into it wanting yeah. to tell a story about this mentally ill person the Oscars came after because of it yeah. it seems like for Red Dead Redemption 2 they are going into it like we want to make the best video game ever as opposed to we want to make a really like fun cowboy yeah. game and like a lot of those reviews uh, from the time the, and these are these are uh, civilian reviews these are people who are just posting stuff on YouTube yeah, yeah. Uh, for varying views and uh they're kind of saying that, like, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to praise here. But before this game came out, that week up to the game coming out and it being one of the fastest selling games, was just like tens out of tens, nines out of ten, and not not even mentioning the problems this game has. And that's yeah. a disservice to your readership to to play a game like this and and only talk about the good stuff and not mention the huge like looming shadow of these gameplay things. And a lot of the reviewers that that I was listening to before we started recording today. They're pointing that out specifically. They're just like that. This has Rockstar will never fix this because reviewers if, don't. Call if they them perceive on it. that, yeah, that the reviewers are fine. Like that, that's just like no, the game's fine. Anyone who has a problem with it, with the engine and stuff like that, aren't the people that matter. I think yeah. is Rockstar's point of view. And when you see how Rockstar operates, that just seems. So what I'm trying to say with these these heads of the company leaving, that maybe someone more practical gets in that position and says. We aren't God's answer to... We, we don't make definitive open-world games. Like Red Dead Redemption 2, sure. Uh, is it is it in the top 10 of, of greatest open-world games uh, no. ever? All things considered, it, it just can't be in that... Man. Can't. It, but it should. But it, should it should, but you can't. Uh, all right, so... Like, there's way, there's way more open-world games that are just more fun at the end of the day. And let's talk about that open-world. Good, uh, good segue. The honor system. So you have a scale that tips one way or the other. And like I totally forgot about it. Totally yeah, now, to be the, the good honor and the bad. Well, because it doesn't matter. The only thing it affects. <laughs> right. What what they wanted to do with this honor system is give you the illusion of choice in yeah. this, and that your story can slightly alter depending on your honor alone. Or, but they don't realize in video games and Witcher 3 did realize this is that choices have to have significant impact for that to personally affect us the player right so it's the fall of four problem just because I said something mean and they react mean to me but the quest outcome and how the quest playoffs is exactly the same as if I gave them the nice answer or the sarcastic answer my choice doesn't mean shit at that point no so you're, you're telling me as the character going forward is that my choices don't matter it's the red it's just what happened Red Dead Redemption 2 Beyond a few little story bits where some music gets changed slightly. Music gets changed, certain cutscenes get changed, and the ending cutscene is different. It's that's slightly it. fucking different. Yeah. Like, that's it. Um, besides that, it doesn't affect anything else outside of the game. It doesn't affect anything gameplay-wise, which is... Uh, Other than... Uh, so, if, if you have negative honor in this game, uh, or, or you break the law in this game, where you are an outlaw, you are punished uh, at every turn. You can't fast travel if you have a bounty. Straight up. Uh, and let me tell you, fast traveling in this game, fucking necessary. 
Uh, oh, and well, let's talk about the bounty system really quick. I can only yeah. get rid of a bounty by paying it at a bounty office. Right. I can only go to a bounty office, which are one of the main cities. Every city is 15 minutes apart from one another. God forbid you're in the middle of fucking nowhere. You decide to have yeah. some fun and fuck around. Now you got a bounty. Now you can't fast travel. Yeah. Now you got to go pay off your bounty. And, and losing the cops and resetting your bounty are not the same thing. Uh, you you have to go to that office to pay off your bounty every time you break the law. Someone witnesses you, and then I mean that's something we like the AI and the witness system in this game, and and how the law. Uh, fuck man, like I don't even want to talk about it. It's another thing that the first time it happens because you you are limited to not being able to fast travel, having to kind of deal with the the bed you have made, so to speak, is fun and immersive the first time. Oh, shit, I'm hiding out from the cops. I got to go to the railway station and pay my bounty off. But when you get later in the game and you're just trying to slog through it, man, all those systems right. are just in your way. Let's talk and about GTA for a second. How many years were the only reason kids were playing it or were even knew about it was because it's this game where you can go around and kill people. You can goof off. And yeah. goof off. So why is it so much easier in GTA Five to go around, run people over, shoot them in the face, blow up shit, <laughs> and then just escape some cops and that's yeah. it? And you're like, that was fun. Red Dead Redemption Two, you're a fucking cowboy. There's far less police presence in yeah. 1890 than there is in 2019. Not right? to mention that like guys on horses is the most resistance you ever get. The worst that will come on you in Red Dead is guys on horses. Is guys on horses. Right. So yeah. why is why is the bounty system, the wanted system, so much more restrictive and difficult in this cowboy? Talk about video the game. fucking mask, the mask mechanic in the game, where you're like, oh, I got, I can cover my face with a mask, and the game kind of suddenly tells you, like, if you do that, then witnesses don't know it's you, and they can't rat you out to the cops. I've never once gotten that to work in the game. Yeah, I don't same. even know that never. it does. Yeah, I don't even know that it fucking works in the game. The gray fox mask in Oblivion worked better than that, where you could like steal something. And it's like, <gasps> and then you take the mask off, and they're like, like oh, well, I'm, we're all looking for the guy who did this. The high <laughs> Some guy dresses a hot dog. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> saw one crap the other day. Totally <laughs> uh, There are no further rewards uh, for bad honor, other than when you kill people, uh, you can loot more off of them, especially lawmen. However, if you die because of your looting and killing in lawmen, uh, you lose more money than you'll ever loot. Uh, good honor gives you discounts at stores. It's illogical. It's inconsistent. You can fish and toss back fish forever. You can have if you want to play this game for two hours and catch fish and throw them back. You will have max good honor, right? Even if you went to Armadillo and murdered everybody and in the town. What this is straight up is punishing people for playing the game how they want yeah, to. Yeah, going off the going off the rails. Yeah, so and you're rewarding people for playing the game boring. Yeah, treating people nicely and not fucking around with with people in towns and stuff is boring and then there's stuff like the interactions where there's random events in the game we've talked about uh there's a man and a woman held hostage if you blow past that situation on a horse nothing yeah if you stop and intervene but are too slow to save them you get bad honor yeah and you get no good honor for saving them you can only get bad honor for right. failing to and save it them. gets to such a point in the game where you're so fucking sick of going to pay your bounty and yeah. having dudes come after you and constantly have cops come after you. You'll never harm another innocent person again. Not because, like, yeah. not because in character wise you want that for Arthur or because you suddenly feel bad. It's simply because you're fucking fed up. In, with the, it. in the first town in the game, his name is escaping me, there is a safe in a bank. And one of my side objectives was like, fucking. Rob that safe, motherfucker. So I'm looking at this, look at this thing. I'm, I'm, there's a door in the back where I can knock and a guy comes out. And I'm like, okay, there's something, there's like a little mini quest here. And I'm going around and I'm like, I can't find, I could not figure out how to get into this back, get that safe without, without breaking the law. And it turns out I'm supposed to hold up 
the only time in the game I ever have to hold up somebody other than when you're on the train in that one part uh, to get him to open the safe for you. Wow. Uh, but it's not worth it. Then I have to shoot my way out of there. There's 30 cops. Anything I made out of that safe, I have to go pay off my fucking bounty. Man, let's just run down the plot. <laughs> We're not going to run down mission, mission by mission because goddamn... Uh, but like for every awesome mission, like with the drinking lane mission, there's six of them that are just kill the guys that are yeah. here. Uh, oh, at the end of the... We gotta ride this wagon over here. Okay, we're done. Oh no, guy showed up. Uh, Shoot is, is a very common uh, thing in this game. And again, if you're playing Good Honor Arthur, at it, there are many story missions here where you're just forced to kill cops. Oh uh, yeah, and like do bad and, shit. Like, yeah, which is, which is fine, because guess what? Arthur Morgan is an outlaw, and he does kill people. But... The story arc of him is that he becomes this fucking savior of the Native Americans and like right, but helps John. But the whole like, time you could be like a mass murdering serial killer. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And it would make sense in a, in a if you if you boil down that story, you could keep the pacing as such that it, it's happening in such a way that we get to point A to point B. But because there's so much of it and so many characters and so many different things Arthur participates in. Uh, let's just run down the plot. After a botched ferry heist in 1899, the Vanderlyn gang is forced to leave their substantial money stash and flee Blackwater, realizing the progress of civilization is ending the time for outlaws. They decide to gain enough money to escape the law and retire. They rob a train owned by Cornwall, who hires Pinkertons to apprehend them. The gang performs uh, jobs to earn money, as Dutch continually promises the next heist will be their last. Following a shootout with the Pinkertons in Valentine, the gang relocate to uh, Lemony, uh, where they work simultaneously for the Greys and the... Br uh, so, I've been talking for 20 seconds. This is at least 20 to 25 hours of gameplay. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And and nothing has happened with the plot. The only thing that's happened with the plot is we've set up in the game... You'll that have, Pinkertons you'll have, are a thing. Yeah, you'll have met all the characters, you do some side quests for them. To, right, to here's what out. the first chapter set up, okay? Yeah. Sadie Gibbs. Yeah. Sadie Gibbs doesn't like most of your gang. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Arthur is there. You may not or may be a good guy. John Marston's there. He's easily you remember him. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's a slightly bigger dick than he was in the first Red Dead Redemption. And then you get some illusions that Dutch killed a woman at the ferry job that he did not need to kill, but everybody brushes it off, and it's kind of just like overshadowing. But right. That's not 25 hours worth of content, though. Could have started the game with the fairy job. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, simultaneously for the Greys and the Braithwaites, in an attempt to turn them against each other, however, the families double-cross them. The Greys kill a gang member during an ambush, while the Braithwaites kidnap uh, and sell uh, Jack to Bront Bronte. What? Uh, the gang retaliate and destroy both families before retrieving Jack from Bronte, who offers them... Uh, leads on work, but eventually double-crosses them. Dutch kidnaps and feeds him to an alligator as revenge. Easily the second strongest... Uh, uh, easily the strongest chapter in the entire game. Or act, whatever which, you want to call it. Here it says, which disturbs Arthur. Yeah. Arthur will remember this. Uh, the gang rob a bank in Saint-Denis, uh, but the Pinkertons intervene, killing Hosea and uh, arresting John... Doesn't even mention here that Lenny dies at the same time. Yeah. Motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dutch Arthur, Bill, Javier, and Micah escape the city via a ship heading to Cuba. A torrential storm sinks the ship, and the men wash ashore on the island of the, Guarma. Easily the worst chapter in the uh, game because none of this fucking matters. Arthur washes up on shore after torrential after the the boat capsizes. He finds Dutch and the rest of the men 
and they are captured within 30 seconds, if you remember that correctly. And then you just escape, and you get back to the main... And you literally just resume the story from where you left off. Where were we? Uh, It felt like a DLC inserted (laughs) in the middle of this fucking game. Yeah, but the first game had Mexico, so we had to one-up it. And now you get shipwrecked. Right, but it ended in Mexico, though. Uh, Where they become embroiled in a war between the tyrannical sugar plantation owner, Fosser, and the enslaved local population after helping the revolutionaries kill Fosser, the group secure transport back to the United States. States and reunite with the rest of the gang. That's it. They, uh, that's it. They, they, they let it. They let it uh, uprising, and then they left. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Dutch obsesses over one last heist and doubts Arthur's loyalty after he disobeys him by liberating uh, John earlier than planned, uh, naming Micah as top lieutenant in Arthur's place. Arthur becomes concerned that Dutch is no longer the man he knew, and now he, now he becomes this way, and is becoming uh, insular. Abandons their ideals and murders Cornwall. Uh, he is faced with his mortality when he is diagnosed with tuberculosis. Arthur reflects on his actions and how they protect the gang, uh, and how to protect the gang following his death, telling John to run away with Abigail and Jack, and openly defying Dutch by aiding the local Native uh, American people. When the Pickertons assault the camp, Dutch becomes paranoid that a gang member is working as an informant. Several gang members become disenchanted and leave, while Dutch and Micah arrange one final heist of an army payroll train. Arthur's faith in Dutch is shattered when he abandons Arthur to the army, leaves John for dead, and refuses to rescue Abigail when she is taken. Arthur and Sadie rescue Abigail from Milton, who uh, names Micah as the Pickertons' informer before Abigail kills him. Arthur returns to camp and openly accuses Micah of betrayal. Dutch, Bill, Javier, and Michael... Michael... Uh, turn on Arthur and uh, and a newly returned John, but the standoff is broken when the Pinkertons attack. The player can choose to have Arthur aid John's escape by delaying the Pinkertons or return to the camp to recover the gang's me- uh, money. Micah ambushes Arthur and Dutch intervenes in their fight. Arthur convinces Dutch to abandon Micah and leave. If the player has high honor, Arthur succumbs to his injuries and disease and dies while watching the sunrise. Here, it's no, it's and I stand and see the world. Uh, if the player has low honor, Micah executes him, and then it's like and eight years later in 1907. It feels like eight years later in real time. John and his family are trying to lead honest lives. They find work at a ranch. Right, okay, wait, back. stop for a second. Uh, <laughs> so after you're done like 80 hours of this fucking story that just yeah. doesn't stop, the core of stuff especially just yeah. killed it. And you're like, finally, I've done this game. Really emotional ending. It was actually really well done, all this shit. Oh, wait, what? 20 more hours with John Marston. Cruel, cruel world, I must roll on. I have to. So you buy a house from the bank. <laughs> okay, actually, really fun mission. Uh, <laughs> building the house is fun. Yeah. Uh, you get, you get a neat little jig. <laughs> building a house, I stand building a house. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, it's. Well, give me a rule and a board and a saw, and I'll cut it. Give me uncle and a machete and a. Uh, so you. I, I drove all the way to town with Uncle. And, and this takes fucking... And it takes forever. And when I get to the bank, because I took a break after finishing the game and playing this, I walk up to the banker and I accidentally draw my gun on him and the mission <laughs> fails and, and I have to drive all the way back <laughs> Listen, this game can't get out of its own fucking way. Uh, there's a whole section with John here and uh, by God, do they not just hand this game over to the previous game, Red Dead Redemption 1? Like, they leave nothing in between. Like, it's fucking right, Star they Wars. They could even be like the Pinkertons just show up and they talk to yeah. John. No, like, Uncle has to get captured by more Native Americans. It's, you gotta go do it's like, the thing. Ro- 
like Charles shows like, up and Sadie show up, even though they're never mentioned Red Dead no. Redemption One. Yeah, they have this whole big emotional send off, and you're like, you guys aren't even fucking mentioned in the next game. I like Charles too. I like Charles too. Yeah. Games. Uh, John then marries Abigail, and they start a new life in the ranch alongside Jack and Uncle. And the Pinkertons are in the bush watching them. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> It's like they're all else. they're all pervy, like dirty knackers over there. Yeah, so you you get this super emotional end for Arthur. Say what you want uh, about really the game and its pacing, end. but when the game is is firing on all cylinders, like we're saying, it, this is a flawed masterpiece. Like yeah. there are fucking the great mo- moments. The moment at the end where Arthur says thank you to the horse is yeah. one of the most impactful moments of the fucking game. Yeah, like you could say every annoying mechanic moment where you're trying to brush your horse led up to that moment. <laughs> like, fuck. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for finally being dead. <laughs> yeah, I never have to brush you again. Brush or feed you again. Uh, listen, we got to wrap it up here for the week. Next week. Let's talk about some good things we like about the game. Oh, absolutely. So uh, next week, uh, I, I will uh, like ask the ability you... to the ability to kidnap a random citizen, hog time, bring him to a railroad. Yeah, but the first game had that. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But this is like more. So uh, next week, I I implore you uh, to bring examples of your favorite things in Red Dead Redemption Two. Dude, be they missions or just things you, you did. Did in you the game. just reference Red Dead Redemption One unintentionally? What do you mean? When he goes to meet Bill at the very beginning of the game, he goes, "Bill, I implore you," and Bill goes, "Oh." <laughs> Implore! No, that was a completely unintended. Because like, Bill doesn't know what implore yeah. means. Uh, I implore you, just as I implore you, Bill, not to shoot me and leave me dead in the desert. <laughs> and then he shoots him. Let's remember John Marston's great plan to arrest Bill was he rides up to a fort of, of heavily armed men, stands in front of it, and, and, says, please and asks let, him to please surrender. Let, please let me sur- uh, arrest you. Yeah. Doesn't work out for poor John. Uh, well, actually, it does work out pretty good for poor John because he survives and uh, then has to work on a ranch for a couple hours. Anyway, at Tizaceberg on Twitter, leahtizaceberg.com is my email address. You can comment, question, whatever you want. Comment wherever you see this uh, this posted. Whew. Next week, we'll talk about what we liked from Red Dead Redemption 2. We'll talk about the highlights. Talk a little bit more about the, the gameplay mechanics. Uh, specific and the, character the, stuff. Specific character stuff in the immersion, and that's kind of all there is to say about that. Oh, game. And we need to hit specific story uh, beats, I think. Yeah, yeah. like the ending, especially. The, well, like it's going to be dream booking at that point because I would be like, "Hey, that Native American storyline that should have started in Act One and oh, paid like, off." In yeah, the like, end. like I really do like yeah. that moment where you're playing as John at the end, where everybody's like, "Oh, he used to be a bad, like a badass, yeah. right? Like you have to help us out." So you finally like, "All right, I guess I'll be a badass." Sure. And then you have that fucking moment in the garage. Where it does the pose from the first game. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's good. When he, when he, yes, the best part of the John thing is that one mission where he defies Abigail and he's like, I, I have mean, to go get revenge on, which is something they tried to do in Last of Us Part 2 and fucking failed miserably. Uh, all right, so I've given out all our, our social media and stuff like that. For myself, Lee, and for Reed, thanks for signing up. We'll talk to you again next week. And check out Sultans of Slam. Got AEW to talk about. <laughs>